I invite you to read and reflect with me for a while on Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 through 12. When the seventh month came, and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled as one man in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon, as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. And on his left were Padiah, Mishael, Melchijah, Hashem, Hashabadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because, because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. And all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Messiah, Kalida, Azariah, Jazabad, Hanan, and Peliah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. The Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is sacred to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go, enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our God. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a sacred day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food, and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. The word of the Lord. On October 4, 1997, the world witnessed an event unprecedented in our nation's history. Hundreds of thousands of men, some say as many as three million, descended on Washington, D.C. and gathered on the National Mall. For six hours, these men prayed for their nation, confessed, prayed for their families, confessed their sins, and prayed that God would act mightily in their lives and that they would have the courage to stand in the gap. It's hard for me to believe that was 25 years ago. 
I was one of the people who went to the Stand in the Gap event that Promise Keepers held back in those days. And it was, like the story that we just read, a very somber moment. It was incredible. I went and stood with um, my buddies from church, and we confessed, and we stood there as representatives, not just of ourselves, but of our church, of our towns, of our, of our nation, standing before God and saying, hey, I'm ready. I want to be used by you. I want to stand in the gap. I tell you that because this occasion that we are reading about, that we're thinking about, was something similar. After many years, Cyrus, the king of Persia, declared that he wanted to see the worship of Yahweh, of the Lord of Israel, restored. And so he authorized the returning of the people of Israel, anybody who wanted to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple and to, to restore the temple worship. And many went. They're listed in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah to do just that. It, has, it had taken them quite a while, actually, to accomplish what the king had instructed. The first thing they did was set up the altar and restore the, the sacrificial worship. But it took a long time to finish the rebuilding of the temple because of, among other things, the opposition of many other people. And then the walls of Jerusalem needed to be rebuilt. And uh, first the king had sent Ezra to teach the people, okay, this is how we actually worship God in the way that he wants us to. Nehemiah came and rebuilt the walls so that Jerusalem would would be a safe place for the people living there. Again, with great opposition. But that has passed. They now have a temple. They now have the uh, official worship, once again, of the God of Israel. They have a city that is secure, and they come together to listen, to stand together in that time as the people of God. They ask Ezra to read the law of God. And beginning at daybreak, he reads until noon. Imagine six hours of faithfully listening, not only to Ezra, but to the, the, to the Levites who were at the same time or, or in conjunction with what was being read, explaining to the people what it meant. It had to have been an amazing day. As I read it this morning, I'm reminded that for many it was a very heartbreaking day. They thought about how far they had come. And all of the difficulty and all of the reasons behind the story of their nation. They long to see it take its rightful place among uh, the people uh, of the world once again, but... It looks so small. 
and so difficult. But Nehemiah and Ezra and all of uh, the Levites encouraged the people. They said, this is not a day for grieving. This is a day for celebrating. This is a day that God has given to us. This is a day that we have longed for. This is a day that is good to give thanks. So go, prepare a feast. Give to those who don't have uh, the food today. And celebrate the goodness of God. The original Thanksgiving in our country was held in somewhat similar circumstances. If you think about it, the people who settled uh, in New England, who celebrated that first Thanksgiving, had had quite a run of difficulty. In the land where they were living in Europe, they were uh, despised. They were not really welcomed, and they left that land to come to this land looking for a fresh start. Only in the first couple of years to be just about annihilated with disease and destruction. But finally, they are established. The harvest is plentiful and things are looking up. And so they decree a celebration of Thanksgiving, which we are celebrating today. All of this is background to the claim that Nehemiah makes in verse 10. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I spend a little bit of time talking about that phrase, the joy of the Lord is your strength, this morning. It has that word of in it, in the middle of it. The joy of the Lord. And prepositions like of are kind of tricky sometimes, especially if you're trying to understand a foreign language that has a preposition like that, because it can go in in a couple of different directions. One direction may may be the joy that we have in the Lord, that we have in the Lord. That joy is our strength. Had a gentleman come into the pantry uh, earlier this week, on, on Tuesday, to share his God story. He had been out on his, in his yard. He had cleaned off his uh, deck. He had cleaned off the front deck. He was down uh, working on the driveway, and he heard a noise. And he looked up, and all of the snow slid right off of his steel roof. His buddy, uh, I think his, one of his relatives, typically was out on the back porch taking a smoking break. And so he thought of him immediately and went and looked for him, and he happened to have been taking a potty break at that time. But this was, to this gentleman, a, a God story, and he just wanted to share it, how God had worked marvelously in his life that day. 
We think of all, all kinds of other experiences. In our house, we get to witness great sunrises and great sunsets, and, and those are God things to celebrate. We see the rainbow, especially if it's a bright, full one. It ends up on Facebook, and we celebrate God's goodness as we remember what that rainbow really means, that God is faithful to his promises. We lift each other up with words of celebration of how great and how gracious God is from time to time. We think about that fact, but the joy of the Lord in our lives runs even deeper. We think about those times, for example, when life turns difficult when we need to, to rest on his grace and on that faithful promise that we always confess that we belong to a faithful Savior who loves us so much that our Heavenly Father even knows when we lose a hair on our head, who is able to do anything and willing to do what is necessary because of his love for us. And that is a deep-seated joy that gives us deep-seated strength. The gentleman from uh, Mercy Me, you know, the guy of I Can Only Imagine fame, has another song, or they have another song, and he was talking about uh, the significance of that song. It was called Even If, and in the conversation that he was talking about, he talked about his aunt. His aunt was suffering, I think, from cancer. And he said, she says something like, you think this is going to beat me? No, I won a long time ago. I know what's going to happen. The joy of the Lord is that kind of strength for us. It's worthy of our comprehension, our thinking about our celebration today. But that word of can also go the other way. As in, the Lord's joy is our strength. The Lord's joy is our strength. Again, it is marvelous what God has done. I remember a Louis Giglio video talking about uh, the universe and how vast it was. And, and he was talking about how uh, God is just waiting for us to find these new things that he's got hidden out in the universe. You know, you, you finally got something off the planet to, to look into the reaches of space, the Hubble telescope, and you see, all of, see new amazing things in, in my universe. Well, go back and build another one. I've got more things to show you. God delights in the world, the universe that he has made. He also delights in us. In that same video, Louis talks about the reality of the way in which we are made. The way in which God has created and built us is just amazing. We think of Psalm 139 and we're reminded that he had all of that figured out 
He wrote down every last word of what our life was going to be like, and then he built us to fill it. That joy is God's joy, and it is our strength. It is that which holds us together in the difficult times as well as in the wonderful times. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I'm having a pastor's moment. Give me a moment. There is an, another side to that joy of God, and it is in the working out of what happens in our lives. His delight in hearing us in our prayers, his delight in seeing us in our actions, giving thanks, exhibiting the very things that he wants to see in us. He delights when we give a cup of cold water in his name. He delights when we uh, share a friendly smile with someone who needs it. He delights when we come to him in prayer. And, and as we grow in our faith and our understanding of, of what prayer is like, he delights to answer those prayers. When he hears us say, Lord, so-and-so is struggling, he delights to, to answer and provide. He delights in it because he sees us growing in faith, growing in our understanding of who he is and how he is working in our world and our place in it as his children. He delights in using our prayers, our actions, to accomplish incredible things in the life of people around us. God's joy gives us strength because he delights to be involved in our lives. He delights to have us involved in his life, in his purpose, and his plans. The joy of the Lord is indeed our strength. So on this day, as we go about celebrating together, as we go about uh, preparing for dinner, preparing for the, the rest of the week. We do so as God's people celebrating his goodness. Celebrating with joy the joy that he has in us, the joy that he has for us, and the joy that gives us the strength to carry on. Thanks be to God. Amen. Gracious God, we hear these words. We are reminded of how great you are, how much you love your world, how much you love us. And there is so much more we could think about and talk about together. But help us today, as we live in the world that you have created, as we live the life that you have called us to, to give thanks. For indeed, it is, a, it is a day not to grieve, but to rejoice. And so, Lord, help us as we live each and every day 
as your people in your world to do so with joy. Perhaps not uh, the joy that is a feeling expressed in a smile, but the joy that is deep-seated within us, that you are our God and we are your people. We pray this again in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand now and sing together. Now thank we all.